Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Matt Brawning. So excited for this hour. So excited for uh, really this week. You know, we are getting into, we're getting into a spring season and you might be thinking about, you know, starting your business if you haven't started it yet. You might be thinking about getting deeper into it. And some of you, of course, are listening because you're dreaming of being an entrepreneur, but you're in a job and a career right now. And are you looking to shift? Are you looking to change? Are you looking to make something more of your dream and what you're doing? Um, very blessed this week. I have with me this week to have this conversation, Mr. Ken Coleman. And Ken Coleman is a career expert. He's also a national radio host on Sirius XM, uh, produced with Ramsey Solutions, who's in partnership with Dave Ramsey, and he runs the Ken Coleman Show. Every single week, an hour live, every single day, every single week, he gives you the best possible career advice, coming from stories from his own personal struggles, missed opportunities, career successes, He's helping you discover what you were born to do and providing the practical steps to make the dream job become a reality. It's a caller-driven show as well. So if you love listening, we'll talk a little bit more about his show and how he got into that. But first, let me welcome Ken Coleman. How are you, my friend? Doing well, Matt. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm so glad uh, we, we, uh, we got everything settled and sorted with our microphones. We're ready to rock. It's funny, you know, we both produce shows all the time, every single day. And, uh, <laughs> but calling in over Zoom is such a, such a fun experiment. How did you get into radio hosting in the first place? Were you career coaching for quite a long time? And then kind of you got discovered or were you into the radio side and working through your calling from there? And what was the genesis of that? Yeah, so I started out uh, on radio uh, in 2012 and I just wanted to uh, test uh, a new format. I had been hosting a large leadership event and had uh, been hosting a leadership podcast attached to that event and was on the path to uh, becoming a full-time broadcaster. And I wanted to uh, do a different kind of a show, a show that would help people discover who they are and then make that dream job, that calling in actual reality. And that was something that was kind of burning and simmering in my heart. And I wanted to do it via broadcasting but frankly, didn't know how. And so, uh, again, wanted to make myself a better host, a more well-rounded host. And I felt that live radio was a way to do that because there's nothing that will train you better uh, than live radio because you have X amount of minutes. So let's say it's an eight-minute segment and you're live and there's no safety net. You've got to fill all eight minutes. And not only do you have to fill it, you have to get out on time or you'll have a commercial that will just start and run right over you. So it was a different kind of one performance pressure that I thought was going to make me more well-rounded because, again, I'd just been doing interviews in podcast form. And so I uh, paid my way on to a local radio station in the Atlanta suburbs, and uh, it was 250 bucks an hour, and so I was paying 1000 bucks a month and uh, getting sponsorships when I could just to help fund it and was doing one hour of radio, and that's how I got started. So, so you went in, and you were going to broadcasting school, or did you just say, "I just want to figure this out"? And did you figure it out on your own? Well, I did go to broadcasting school early on in my journey, so probably about a year before that moment I just described, uh, I did take a broadcasting class, a little six-week class with a local television and radio producer, 
who had started a class and, and I thought, well, this will be good for me because um, I'm 32, 31, 32 at the time. And I, I need to know some of the basics, learn some things and get a sense for uh, you know, types of things I might be asked to do since I, I'm not going to college for this. And that little class, you know, ended up being a, a great springboard for me, just great relationships confirmed that I did in fact want to uh, stay on this journey to move into broadcasting. So I did take that early on. I write about that story uh, early on in the book. Yeah, and I love, and you mentioned the book, the, the book we're going to be talking about to, uh, during the show is The Proximity Principle. It's your newest book. Um, and obviously, I'll let you describe that a bit more. But what I love about this, this concept is, number one, is you already have proven that you don't necessarily, there's not only one road to get where you want to go. And, you know, if I think, oh, I want to have a, a radio show, I'd like to be on Sirius XM. I'd like to do this at one day. I don't have to go back and do four years, eight years of school and go to all these, this path that we might think we have to go down. You're like, no, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to buy my way in here. I'm going to get some training over there. So I just want to make sure everyone hears there's always more than one way to pet a cat, so to speak. Um, when, you, when you continued getting into it, so you're doing your, your small show you're sponsoring a show, you're looking for sponsors. Where did the break come? Because uh, I, I, I sense that was probably some sort of a break for you to either to work with Ramsey or to, did you get your own show first and then eventually got picked up? Or was it like a, hey, here's some clay we can mold, bring him into the team? How did, how did that transpond? Yeah, well, I had, I had met Dave Ramsey through that leadership podcast that I mentioned earlier. And I had interviewed him a few times and so had some credibility with him as a good interviewer. And this podcast that I was hosting was a national podcast and kind of had a pretty good sized tribe. So because of that, Dave knew who I was. We also had a very close mutual friend who worked for him. So I was in his, uh, his orbit, if you will, and he was paying attention to what was going on. And from time to time, he'd hear updates with what I was doing. Well, I moved that show uh, from a weekly show on a Saturday afternoon to uh, I impressed through a series of events, I impressed the station ownership and started consulting with them on their business. And so I gave some of my time to them to help them make some changes in the radio station. Uh, and in return, they gave me uh, a slot in the drive time hours, uh, five to seven. And so that was just a function of doing a good job on Saturdays, building my relationships while I was there, adding some value, and them seeing the value and them believing in me and giving me a chance. So we did the Ken Coleman show, the first version of it. It's not like it is today. It wasn't like it is today. Uh, but I, I was doing that from 5 to 7 p.m., which is fantastic. Local radio, Monday through Friday. Yeah, and drive time. You can't, you know, it's funny with how much on demand there is, um, especially with, with podcasting taking off, even the last year more so than in quite a while. There, it's shocking how many people still just generally listen to radio. I'm a regular guest on a Los Angeles station repeatedly. And I think that station has probably given us half our business in the last couple of years for the company, uh, for coaching and seminars. And I'm always shocked because I feel like, oh, everyone's going to listen to the podcast. But quite a lot of people listen to the podcast through the AMFM stations. You might be listening to it right now in your car and when you go on there. So the radio really, really took off for you. Um, I love to hear that. Now, at this point, you're, you're already a career coach. You're already... or how, what would you call yourself if not a no, career coach? I, I was not a career coach. And you were not a career coach at this point. Uh, what, what were you initially talking, teaching on before the career aspect? 
Yeah, well, I mean, again, I'm, I'm a part of this large leadership event hosting this podcast. And so um, I was playing the role of host and really building up my credibility there. So the career stuff, the stuff that I teach now, the philosophy and methodology was something that I had just experienced on my own through um, uh, one of the best uh, uh, guy by the name of Pete, who I had spent a lot of time with and helped me in a season of leaving the business world and going to start my own companies, which was the day job, which would then fund this dream job that we're talking about, which is broadcasting. And I had all this content um, that he had walked me through that helped me verify uh, that, in fact, I was chasing something in my sweet spot. And so I wasn't at this time, uh, this part of the story, uh, I was just getting myself out there. And the Ken Coleman Show was a very positive show. So it was equal parts interviews where I'd have guests on, uh, there would be times that I would do rants on stuff that, you know, uh, was helping me as a husband or a father. It was just a positive show and people really enjoyed it because it wasn't politics. They were driving home and they were hearing experts and best-selling authors and they were just listening to things that helped them, whether it be in their professional life, their personal life, you know, relationships, money, uh, nutrition, exercise. It was just a positive show because I was in the stages of just figuring out can I do radio and, and can I do it well and figure out my voice and beneath all beneath all of that was the content that I share now every day, which is the, the career stuff, which is the philosophy that everybody was created to fill a unique role. And so that means that we're needed and that we have to do it. Somebody out there needs to be, needs us to be us. So how do we figure that out? Well, we look at talent and passion. Talent's what you do best. Passion is what you love to do most. So that's all underneath. It's not, necessarily public i would talk about it from time to time on the radio show the first version but i'm not a career coach uh officially now i you know they like to call me a career expert i coach people on the radio show every day but i had never taken that specific role and gotten trained in that it's just something that i'm living out sure sure now when you when you came out with this new book which is i mean just you know launched uh as we're recording this pretty much uh, in the last in the last few weeks, excited to check out and go a little deeper into it. So when you look at, it's funny. I don't know if you know the, the name of my book. The last book that just came out last year. It's called the Firebox Principle. So I love the <laughs> we're like brothers on this. I love the word principle. You have the proximity principle, and certainly this is about the uh, value coming from the proximity and putting yourself in the right places. It says in order to do what you want to do, you have to find the people who are doing it and spend time in the places where it's happening. Can you talk a little bit about maybe, you know, A, that, that principle, but B, kind of practically, how do you, I don't know, sometimes maybe get access there. Uh, how do you get access to the people? How do you find who they are, what they are? Uh, and what would you do as sort of a first step to start gaining more proximity to the right people and places? Well, obviously, that's what we write about in the book. There's five specific people and there's five specific places that we outline and tell you who they are, where they are, and how to connect with them. Uh, but to answer your question simply, depends on where you want to go, what field you want to be in, what role you want to play. And once you identify that, you've got to then say, all right, um, who are people that are winning in that field? And so we call that the producer in the book. And so the example here of a producer, somebody who is uh, in your local area and they're in that field. So let's just say uh, that you want to get into graphic design. Well, you want to find a graphic designer who is very successful uh, in what they do, and they either are uh, performing at a high level for somebody else or they do it for themselves. 
And so they, they are somebody who's hiring people and they, they, they are producing revenue. And, and so you're trying to find somebody like that to have coffee with and lunch with. You're looking for your personal connection. How can I get with those folks? And it's a lot easier than you think when you use your relationships and friend of a friend of a friend, however that works. And so by getting with a producer like that, you're, you're sitting down and saying, okay, how did you get where you are today? What was your path? Um, and, and then, you know, what do you think the, the best path is for somebody like me who's starting out or switching, whatever your status is? And so that's an example. Another person is a professor, the person who doesn't have to be a college professor, uh, but it's somebody who maybe runs a trade school or they teach online webinars or whatever. But they know what you need to know. They know how to teach it and they want to teach it. You're looking for that person who, who will teach you the fundamentals. So for me, it was that television producer that I talked about earlier on in our conversation uh, that was running that broadcast school. He was truly a professor, not in the college classroom sense, but somebody who knew what I needed to know and could teach me. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to begin to uh, spend time online, podcasts, YouTube, reading books of professionals in your field. Now, the professional is somebody that it's going to be very, very difficult to get an audience with. They're at the very top of the industry, top of the game. For me, it was, you know, the Ernie Johnsons, the Bob Costas, the Larry Kings. Uh, I did get a chance in an unbelievable situation to spend a little bit of time with Ernie Johnson, but I never met Bob Costas. I never met Larry King, but I watched every interview that they did that I could consume and I took notes. And so with the digital world that we have now, uh, Matt, you know this, we can sit and learn from people that we never get a chance to talk to. So would you put a, a Bob Costas or a Larry King in this scenario as in the role of professor, even though you couldn't ask direct questions, you no. can still sit and be a student and be a disciple of them in a lot of ways? Well, they're the professional. In the book, they're the actual professional where, again, you're learning from them. They're at the top of the game. Uh, the professor is somebody that's actually you can get with and they can teach out there teaching. Is there a place where like a lot of people talk about obviously the coaching and mentoring, those are probably the two biggest terms in my world, in my industry. Is there a place where mentors intersect? Cause I'm looking at it saying, okay, I see that some mentors could hit professor a bit, right? But a lot of them don't know how to teach. They just know that they've done their, uh, been there, done that. And then some professionals, right? They've been there, done that. And they may or may not know how to teach. It, would would you see, I don't know, like wh- where a coach would fall in, where a mentor would fall in, or is it kind of, this is a whole different framework as well? Uh, well, if I understand your question, I mean, these are archetypes in the book. You understand. Yeah. Yep. Simply archetypes that help you identify people that uh, are the right people. And so certainly a mentor uh, can obviously coach you. Um, and, and, you know, so I think I'm answering your question, but the bottom line is you're looking for all five of those people. You're looking gotcha. for teach you what you need to know. You're looking for the producer who can open up doors for you in the actual industry. The producer is going to have probably a lot more contacts. In fact, most assuredly more contacts in the industry than the professor is. Because that professor, that Mike, the guy that, that led that broadcasting school, he made a couple connections for me, but it was when I actually met with other sports radio hosts and other TV hosts those would be called producers because, again, they're winning in the field. They're not at the top, but they're winning, and they're working in the craft, and they're getting paid, and they know a lot of people. So that's the concept. The mentor in the book, the archetype, is someone who is an intimate relationship, somebody who uh, has your back, who is there for you. And they have experience maybe in a different industry. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be industry-specific, but what that mentor is doing for you is giving you guidance 
helping you stay in the game emotionally, helping you stay accountable to the goals that you set forth. It's a different relationship. Think the wise old sage who is there to correct you if necessary, to coach you if necessary, to encourage you. That's a different relationship. So the five archetypes, the professor, the producer, the professional, your peers, and the mentor, they all play different roles. And you need to make sure that you are constantly looking for those types of people because the right people are going to help you get in the right places. And when you're in the right places, obviously, you're going to get opportunity and you're going to get an opportunity to meet more of the right people. It becomes a cyclical, habitual formula that constantly puts you in the right place at the right time finds you. Would you even go to the extent, and I think you, you might talk about this in the book a little more as well, um, to even like taking a written inventory, looking at your life, you know, we, we've, we've, most of us have probably heard uh, Ziegler and, and other people have quoted it as well, that were the net worth and the net everything of the five people we spend the most time with. Few people, I think, stop and look and say, who are my relationships? And who, are, who do I want my relationships to be? Do you, did you ever take time to just really stop an inventory and say, okay, who are all the people I know and where do they fit? Okay, it looks like I have three professors I could potentially connect with. I have 14 mentors. I have two professionals. Did you ever do that sort of a thing? And, and what either way, do you recommend doing that? Yeah, I think it's great. I did it and I think you should do it. Um, it write it down and put it up on your wall somewhere. Know well, who these people yeah. are and make it a goal to actually spend time with them and, and make the connections and deepen the relationships, yes? Absolutely. I mean, you can't find people if you're not looking for them. And so this idea that it's a psychological experiment is what you're suggesting, and it absolutely works. You've got to put, it's the same power of goals that are written down being, being much more achievable. When I write them down, what happens is the brain focuses on it. And then I begin to see things that I can do each day uh, to reach the goal. So the same idea here, absolutely. I had a moleskin, and I was spending you know, uh, time every day writing down, you know, who are these people that I need to know and broadcast, you know, and, and who do they know? And when I would sit down with them, I would go down with, uh, sit down with them with uh, pre-written questions so that number one, they saw that I had thought about our time and that I valued their time. Number two, so that I could make the most of it. So I wasn't sitting there trying to just make things up. Preparation is everything. And I, I've learned that relentless preparation leads to reflexive performance. You're sitting down with these people who have very limited time and they've decided to give you their time. You better make it matter. And nothing uh, will irritate a person of, of significance and value when you ask for the time if you come in and you've got no plan and you're just shooting from the hip. Uh, you need to think about what you're going to ask these people. So certainly, uh, not only would I write down their names, I'd write down who I thought they might know. Uh, I would write down questions that I would ask them if I had that opportunity. So that's a powerful exercise. And even like, it sounds like too, like researching about them, you know, whenever, again, same thing, when I get someone uh, notable on the show, like yourself, I want to do some research, I want to find out what they've been through. And rather than asking a question like, so how did you get into broadcasting Larry King? It would be, wouldn't it be so much nicer to actually know his story and then ask questions about, about the story, about how he feels, about how he handled that situation. Um, I, I find too, like people, they really appreciate the depth when you're, when you're genuinely curious and when you're going in and asking them questions that oftentimes maybe they don't get asked, you can see people lean in. I'm sure if you had that be the case as well. Oh, absolutely. It just says that you have uh, thought about this. You've been intentional and you've asked me a question that's about four layers deeper than normal. So there's no question that a well thought out question 
will certainly open people up. Now, you, you talk about a, a really fascinating and, and quite helpful section in the book. Um, again, this is the proximity principle. And by the way, you can follow, we're talking with Ken Coleman here. Uh, Ken Coleman, the career expert, national radio host of the Ken Coleman Show on Sirius XM. Uh, you can follow Ken at, on Instagram at the Ken Coleman Show. Sorry, not the, it's just Instagram at Ken Coleman Show and Twitter at Ken Coleman. Make sure you follow him in the course, Facebook, Ken Coleman Show as well. And you can pick up the book and we'll talk uh, all about the proximity principle here. We have a link in the show notes if you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, etc. But if you go to kencoleman.com slash store and you'll see in the store, the proximity principle book is available. It'll be right there. And we'll have the uh, extended link for the book right on the show notes for you. Check out the proximity principle. One of the things you talk about in the book is the law zip code. And what I love is, you know, my, one, one of the first things I started thinking is, okay, we want to be around these people. You need to get around the right people to move you into the direction where you're supposed to be. But what happens when they're not close to you, when they're not near? Now, I know we have, we have Zoom and Skype and phones and all that kind of stuff. But tell me a little bit about, you know, let's say, I don't know, there's, there's a, a hotbed in a particular area in the country. Or let's say you're in tech and you want to be in Silicon Valley, but you live in Omaha, Nebraska. And you talk about how you don't have to move across the country or you rent office space. You can start with what you have. Tell me more about how, how to get around people when you're not physically there and how does that work? Well, the law of the zip code is a simple truth that everything you need to get started is already around you. So you don't have to move somewhere to go somewhere. Now, there might be a time in your journey where you do have to move locations, but you don't have to move locations to get started. And I think a lot of people get stuck in the starting blocks of life. They never actually take off because they feel like, well, I've got to move somewhere. And that's not realistic for me financially, uh, relationally, whatever the situation is. So the law of zip code basically helps you realize that in your zip code, there are multiple ways for you to start to make progress. So again, the broadcasting school example for me, I didn't need to move to New York or LA. Uh, I was able to get started right there in Atlanta. And these are small steps anyway. And so the small steps need to be taken right there around you because that gets you momentum. And there's always going to be some learning, some doing and connecting. That's what proximity allows us to do, to learn, do, connect. So I can always be learning, doing, connecting where I live. To give an example, I had a guy call in to my show several months ago. And he was from Charlotte, North Carolina. I took his call and he said, Ken, I know exactly what I want to do, but I don't think I can get there and I need your help. I said, great. What do you want to do? He said, well, I want to be in video production, directing videos. Uh, you know, I've always been fascinated by movies and early on, that's what I trained to, to do. Uh, but I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. I got a wife, three kids, the mortgage, the whole nine yards. I can't move to New York or LA. Right. So I said to him, well, how many production companies are in Charlotte, North Carolina? Take a ballpark guess. And he laughed because he knew what I had done. I had basically painted him in a corner of reality. And he said, well, probably a couple dozen. I said, at least. And I went on to say, think about all the local television commercials you see when you're watching TV at night. You think about all the statewide political races. You think about all the corporations because video online on people's website is a must. It's only going to get bigger. And I said, just think about all the possibilities. I said, you just need to practice this proximity principle and start hanging out with people that work at production companies, uh, meet the people that are running these production companies, show up at you know places where they're doing shoots, 
do your homework. You can find all this out and start meeting people. Start volunteering if you have to on the weekend or work part-time. Long story short, he got it, hung up the phone, and eight weeks later, I got an email from him, and he was uh, employed as a producer for a local production company. It was very successful. So that's what we're talking about here. This idea that, that my opportunity to get started and move towards the dream job is going to require me to pack up everything I own and uproot my family, it's complete nonsense. And it's Ken, can you hear me? I lost you. Yeah. Did you hear that answer? Uh, no, I, I, heard, I cut off for some reason a complete nonsense. Well, that's, that's where I finished the answer. Oh. <laughs> I was waiting for you. <laughs> Sorry. It sounded like it was dead air. I apologize. No, just right. complete nonsense. That's the finish of a sentence. So let, let's, uh, let's kind of wrap our, our time. I know it's, uh, it goes so fast on you're a very, very busy guy. So again, uh, you can follow Ken, Ken at Ken Coleman Show on Instagram, Ken Coleman on Twitter, and you can get the book, Prox, uh, Pro, The Proximity Principle. Easy for me to say. Ken, any last uh, thoughts, wisdom, ideas that you want to talk about from uh, the book, a story, or where what we should do next with you? Yeah, well, I just think that if, for folks who are buying the book, I mean, if you're not where you want to be in your career and you're dealing with some form of fear and doubt and pride and probably all three, Proximity Principle is a clear path. It's proven. Uh, it's a success strategy. It's been around since the dawn of time. And if you practice it and you do it on a uh, habitual level, meaning it's just a part of what you're doing every day, you're thinking about who are the right people and the right places to be around, what you're going to find is that opportunity is going to find you. You're not going to be walking around aimlessly looking for your chance. Opportunity will meet you because you're around the right people in the right places. Sage wisdom from Ken Coleman. Ken, thank you so much. I sure appreciate your time, your effort, and, 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 and your work on writing this amazing book, The Proximity Principle. Guys, make sure you pick up the book. Ken, thanks so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate you. Thanks, Matt. Hey, thanks again uh, to my guest, Ken Coleman, this week. And I hope you got a lot of value out of that. I, I really enjoyed the interview because this is a guy that, I mean, really at, at, at one of the highest levels is doing what I want to do in a lot of ways. You know, I, I look up on iTunes. He's, you know, if you look up Dave Ramsey or Ramsey, you have the Dave Ramsey show. And there's only a few people that, that work within that production. There's the Chris Hogan show, the Ken Coleman show, Christy Wright's business boutique, Rachel Cruz show, uh, Entre Leadership, and that's it. So for Ken to take time out of his, his week from a live daily hour-long Sirius XM show, he's on two stations on Sirius XM, as well as, of course, very successful podcast. So check out the Ken Coleman Show. Uh, phenomenal leadership and career advice, as well as, of course, pick up the book, The Proximity Principle. It's on Amazon and wherever books are sold, as well as you can find it at kencoleman.com. Follow Ken at Ken Coleman Show on Instagram and Ken Coleman on Twitter. Looking forward to to hearing what you think about this. And, you know, obviously check out my Instagram and I'll put up some uh, some memes and some things about proximity and about what we talked about. But follow my Instagram at Matt Browning. Also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anywhere on social media, you can find me at Matt Browning. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Thanks for having a great week. Thanks for checking in uh, with me and, and sharing part of your life with us here, wherever you are in life. I sure appreciate you. And as usual, get out this week and crush it. 